Outback mates, and welcome to another epic episode of Cock Blocked by Corona, the podcast. When you're ready to date but have to isolate. Again. If you are new to the C Block, turn around immediately and march yourself back to season one. You'd be straight up bonkers to miss all that sweet, sweet quality Corona content. Treat yourself and join us back here. We'll save you a seat. If you are one of our return Rona romantics, welcome back, beauties. Thank you so much for showing up with us every week to battle the almighty cock block of COVID. It's time to throw on a flannel, order yourself a butter chicken, snuggle up to your wombat and settle in. <laughs> I'm Lauren McKenna. And as always, I am joined by Hannah Fredrickson. Hello. And Kate Foster. Hi, guys. As we help to navigate the dating world with the added challenge of COVID-19, we are each recording remotely from the safety of our nauseatingly recognisable local haunts in Melbourne as we discuss all things relationships, from romance to romps to rebounds during this ridiculous and remarkable time. Hi, ladies. Hello. Hello. (laughs) How is everyone this week? How are we feeling? Back for EP3. Still good. You're feeling yourself, are you, Fuzzy? I'm feeling myself. <laughs> Have you had any picnics? I've had no picnics, so I'm literally just feeling myself. Literally everyone in Melbourne this week is like, let's get down, let's get down to picnics. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it, I love it. But it's nice to have some sunny weather. Oh, beautiful sunny weather right now, gorgeous weather today, so... Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. There's, it's been a, a pretty uh, bumpy few days. There's been some mm. serious sort of rioting and stuff going on in Melbourne and obviously just an earthquake thrown in there yesterday for good measure, which is, I mean, what? 2021, what is next? Wild times. I didn't even feel it. I did have a few people text me and no, it wasn't just me and Carl having a themed romp. <laughs> but I did feel it I did feel it yeah no I knew straight away that that was happening because I lived in South America when I was a kid and they used to happen all the time so I was like we've got an earthquake it's an earthquake (laughs) um but yeah otherwise feeling there's a bit of hope in the air I think despite all of that um can we we're we're ignoring the elephant in the room which is Mm. Lowell has undergone an extreme hair change it's happened (laughs) it's finally happened finally after six thousand lockdowns I have succumbed to the urge to do a radical hair change but no it is a washout it'll be gone in two to three washes which I'm actually a bit disappointed about I quite I'm quite feeling it I think you should keep it it's pink She's got beautiful pastel pink hair. It actually really suits her. And it's quite ironic because when we did the quiz last year of who is most likely, we voted you most likely to do a radical hair change. Well, there you go. I'm nothing if not predictable. But, no, my boys over here like it. Carlo has been singing the theme song to Pinky and the Brain, a bit of a nostalgic (laughs) throwback to that cartoon. And Milo's review of it was, ah. So I'm going to take that as a positive. Obviously loves it. He's cute. It's kind of like I've just become Pink, the artist, and I'm just doing like live concerts all around the house, like in a family portrait, we look pretty happy. (laughs) We discussed last week that Bleep It Out wanted a full production value Outback-themed romp. Is he expecting a full pink style are you descending from the ceiling being like this used to be a fun house i've learned silks 
Also, too, we did say if you were mad at Carl, you could just be, you could go, it's just you and your hand tonight. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty ironic to be like in lockdown and being like, girl, this party started on a Saturday night. <laughs> yep. So basically I am pink. I am the new pink. I'm realizing just how great all of her messaging is. I mean, she really gets across some strong themes in her lyrics. Girl power. Mm, Love her. And we've got some really big news, Katie, that perhaps you can announce because you've put us on there. You're our social media guru. What's happened this week? We have officially joined TikTok. And (laughs) even though we are clearly about seven to 10 years too old to be on TikTok, but you know, we're leaning in. Speak for yourself. I'm loving it. It's fantastic. I've wasted so many hours on that platform. Don't you worry. I'm going to be starting to do dance routines and everything. But actually we did put, I was stoked because one of um, the memes, the memes that I made uh, from Helen Badu. The memes. You're so cool. The memes. Well, we kind of went a little viral, you know, just like a little, a little bit viral. We got um, almost 40,000 views on our Helen Badu meme and (laughs) it's only up from here. I woke up one day, literally, I woke up the next day and we had like 86 followers. I mean, we're killing it. So if you are a young, hip person, head over to TikTok and follow out us oldies. (laughs) Get on there. You never know what you'll find, guys. It's true. This week we actually had a lot of people write to us and say that they love Virgin River. <laughs> I was like, don't at me, but I'm really happy to be having people come at me to say that they that they enjoy it. And huge news this week, um, Jack and Mel announced that there's going to be a season four and five. So they've been renewed for two more seasons. Unsure how, but good for them. Amazing. And good for us because we can watch it. So excellent news. Also... Funnily enough, this week, I happened to come across an article given that we talked about your Outback-themed romp and we made the where did you come from, where did you go joke last week. Where did you come from, Gutner girl? <laughs> and I saw an article that said that people had sort of started to analyse the lyrics and that they thought that Cotton Eye Joe was actually about a man being swabbed for an STI. What? I like the end of the penis <laughs> and, like, um... Cotton eye, like as in like cotton swab, wiping the the eye of the penis to test it for an STD. And it's like, where did you come from? Where did you girl? Where did you come from? Cotton eye, like you know, like you, Katie, when you got throat gonorrhea, and you were like, where did you come from? Where did you go? (laughs) I know where you went. Well, I should have said that song to him. I've just realised something. (laughs) Mm, So this week, Carl and I celebrated our second wedding anniversary, and the traditional present (gasps) is cotton. Appropriate. Cottonado. Cottonado. I was wondering that. That was like the traditional pre- present is throat gonorrhea, an STI check. God, I hope not. You'd hope oh. not in a marriage. I mean, to be fair, there's all different kinds of marriages, but I hope not in yours as I know it's a- definitely not. We are very monogamous. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. So other people, if you're coming up to your second anniversary, a nude performance to Cotton Eye Joe is a great present. (laughs) Great gift. (laughs) Great gift. (laughs) We cannot stress enough how exciting it is when you, our stupendously sexy listeners, get in touch with us. Please keep it coming. After we had our halt new singles describe their love life with a movie title last week, we put it on our Instagram to our followers for them to do the same. Some notable mentions were 
super bad, ghost, crash, gone with the wind, (laughs) there will be blood, (laughs) toy story, gone in 60 seconds, cast away, the third man, friends with benefits, how to lose a guy in 10 days, one of Kate's favourite films, (laughs) fast and the furious and home alone. And mine, pre-bleep it out, Carl, a series of unfortunate events, which I'm sure (laughs) a lot of people can relate to. (laughs) Notably, no one mentioned a Cinderella story, the perfect man, or the boat that rocked. So I feel like there's a lot of cock blocking going on out there and everyone obviously needs our help. Obviously. Absolutely. Now, this listener got in touch to let us know about a double doozy week of dates pre-restrictions. She says... I jumped on both Bumble and Hinge, hoping to find some new connections. I was talking to two different guys, one from Bumble and one from Hinge. The first one, let's call him Mexican standoff, seemed kind of boring at first, but I had a feeling it may have just been to do with replying over text. He asked if I want to meet and I say yes. The second guy, let's call him Kiwi Cricketer, also would like to meet up. These dates ended up being arranged for the same week. Mexican standoff is up first. We'd arranged to get some Mexican food and see how things develop. I'm literally pulling into the car park to go to this restaurant when he messages me saying he hasn't left his house yet and it would be easier for me to just drive to his. It dawns on me that he probably just wants to have sex and not actually get to know me. I reply and say I would rather just meet at the restaurant and don't stress if you're late. He replies informing me that he won't be leaving his house to meet me, but I'm welcome to come to his. So here I am being stood up because Mexican standoff is only interested in sleeping with me and not actually getting to know me. I give up on this venture and go home. Try not to dwell on it too much as I had another date lined up for this week. The other guy I met and hit it off and we were now messaging on Instagram. Kiwi Cricketer and I had made tentative plans for a particular night, but he ends up cancelling, telling me he'll make it up to me. He informs me that he has tickets to the St Kilda Outdoor Cinema to see Troy for our date. I thought, great, he's actually pulling through and this will be fun. I start making the drive to St Kilda, which is pretty far from me and not around the corner. And I get to about Fitzroy when he sends me a message saying he's been playing cricket all day and if it was okay if we just went for a drink instead. I was mad and frustrated at this point, but tried to give him the benefit of the doubt. We decided on a bar in Fitzroy and I park and I wait in the car for when it's time to meet. About 20 minutes pass and I haven't had a reply from him about if we're meeting inside or outside. I then look back at my phone to notice that he has blocked me and I can't message him anymore. I block him back also at this point. I am furious. I've just been stood up twice in the same week by dickheads from this supposed good dating apps. I get some Maccas on the way home and stop off at Kmart and buy some shit I don't need to make myself feel better. What the fuck? Kmart makes everything better. 100%. But this started off with so much promise. This started off as what I like to call putting yourself in your own low budget version of The Bachelorette. which I used to do a lot in my dating life. Just organize those dates. But I'm so sorry that this happened. What is wrong with people that they would ghost at that point? And the blocking is so immature. It's bad, bad, bad form. It's such bad behavior. I'm so sorry that happened twice in one week. Yeah. Yeah, I'm cross. I'm cross for you. I don't have a way to solve that apart from being like, they're not two people that you want to date anyway, to be quite frank. Absolutely not. Dodged a bullet. So look, probably best to know before you actually got into anything. Mm. But also who wants to spend money on tickets to seeing Troy at the cinema and then not go? 
Yeah, absolutely. I hope he bought the tickets. Oh, no, she bought the tickets. Oh, pissed. No, he bought the tickets. But did he? But did he? But did he? Mm. Rude. Oh, well, I hope you got yourself a $4 candle from Kmart and a chips on the way home. Carmel will get those people. Give us an update if you're out there. Let us know mm. how your dating life has developed since. I hope you've had some better luck. Absolutely. And this Rona romantic called the cop block line to spill the beans on her 2020 romance. Okay, so do I have a doozy of a story for you? So after my girlfriend broke up with me just before we went into the massive Melbourne lockdown, I decided to download TikTok because I figured that would be a good distraction. While we were in lockdown, I could scroll through, keep myself distracted. Anyway. Um, I did the typical lesbian thing and found a beautiful lesbian on the other side of the world, started talking to her and immediately fell head over heels in love. And we were FaceTiming for eight hours a day. We were sending each other care gifts. We were telling each other we loved each other after a few weeks. We became officially girlfriend and girlfriend after about a month of talking. And then we decided that we were sick of this long distance and she wanted to move to Australia to be with me and we wanted to start our life together. So we started talking to an immigration lawyer saying this, it's in a pandemic and we'd never met before. We start talking to an immigration lawyer. He says, the fee's going to be $14,000. I say, no problem, I'll fork it out. So I'm getting ready to fork out $14,000 to get a chick that I've never met before into Australia during a pandemic. He then goes on to say, because you haven't met before, the odds of her getting into the country are going to be pretty slim. However, you'll have more of a chance to make this happen if you guys get married. So we were like, well sounds legit so we decided that that would be the next step so we basically said to each other that we would be engaged and then when she came here we would get married again never met this person before um after she told me that she couldn't wait to marry me couldn't wait to spend the rest of her life with me she ghosted me blocked me um completely disappeared did not hear from her could not get onto her A few months later on Christmas, she slides back into my DMs, tells me she's made a terrible mistake, she misses me. I get on FaceTime with her to see her apology face to face and she's wearing a motherfucking wedding ring. The bitch had a partner the entire time, didn't tell me and she's with them. So yeah, lesson learned, don't fall in love with TikTok lesbians. Oh, Nelly. Whoa. Whoa, Nelly. I'm intrigued to put this to Lowell, who is the resident romantic, and mm-hmm. say, how do you feel about this? Because this is, these are decisions, this is romance on steroids, making choices like this. Yeah. Yeah. The first thing that stood out to me was our listener said, I did the typical lesbian thing of falling in love with, with someone from across the world. Mm-hmm. Is that a typical thing? I mean, it's something that I've done. Well, true. (laughs) Triggered. The sexual preference doesn't actually come into it, but (laughs) that is a lot. Though you had met him, Katie. Mm. Mm. Yet to not meet someone. 14 grand. Yeah. I mean, obviously this listener fell really hard and is such a generous person that, you know, Mm -hmm. was trying to make this work and trying to make this life together happen but it's a lot to be taking on that kind of commitment when you haven't even met them and really goes to show that you really have no idea who you're talking to no and I think it it also speaks to this period in time which is quite interesting in that 
your options are so limited. Like it's not like normally, which would still be a massive thing to Mm. jump on a plane and go and meet somebody on a trip. That would still be a big thing, but that's not available at the moment. So everything is this heightened sort of thing. And you, these, the choices are really big because getting in and out of anywhere is different to what it normally is. And of course you want to believe that it's going to be this amazing thing. Like we all want to believe when we're in something that it's going to be good. I am sorry, but I need to know more about what then she said when you got Mm. on the call and she's wearing a wedding ring. I want to know what she said in her apology and her explanation. Absolutely. We need part two. We do. The whole thing gives me hives. I think you're right as well, Han. I think the brightness and intensity that things are burning at this point in our lives in this pandemic in this Mm -hmm. ridiculous time unbelievable time when everything feels so much more heightened um yeah it certainly makes way for those kind of decisions I think please send us part two I need to know what happened on that on that call drop it um sorry what's that I think I'm just I'm hearing a whisper in the air that's like it's time Time for what? It's time to give the people what they want. What, what, what they want. Give the people what they want. God, I love that jingle. Oh. Oh, it's too good. Okay, my friends. I dropped some bombshells on you last week. Now cut forward eight months and I've had a bit of fun on the dating scene. So... Straight after CC and I broke up and I was pretty down living at Lowell's house while she was stuck in Sydney, thank God, for Arkle Street. Thank God she was stuck in <laughs> Sydney. I'm so sick of that bitch. Thank <laughs> God she was stuck in Sydney. Actually, that was so convenient. So convenient. <laughs> Just me crying into my dinner every night at Arkle Street. Golly gosh. So why, I, I wasn't... <laughs> I wasn't intending to date at this point. I was pretty heartbroken. But Mm. one night I went to bed and at about 11 p.m. I got a text. It was from a number I didn't have and it said something along the lines of, hey, do you want to go swimming tomorrow and then grab lunch? And I wrote back to the message and said, hi, who is this? Sorry, I don't have your number. And they said, it's Zach, you you duffer. (laughs) And I'm thinking, Zach. Zach. Do I know a Zach? Do I know a Zach? Hot name. Hot name. And I text back and I said, "Uh, I think you've got the wrong number. Who are you looking for? And they said the name of who they were looking for. And I said, it's Kate. And very cheeky of them, (laughs) this person said, well, you know, if you're, if you're single um, and want to go for a swim tomorrow, like how about it? Ha ha. And I don't know why, but I just went with it. You were like, do it for the podcast. Do it for the potty. At this point, we didn't even know we were going to do second season, but I was like, this is great content. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Do it for the memoir. Do it for the Mm. memoir. And so this person said to me, Zach, he said, you know, um, well, we need to, we should probably ask a few questions first. Are you up for it? I said, yep, sure. He said, you know, of course, how old are you? We were both. He's like, I'm 12 and this is my (laughs) mum's (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is the thing 
we were both, I was 32, he was 33. We were both staying in Pran, like we were literally down the road from one another. He worked in marketing for a wine company. I work in, you know, marketing, digital content. He was from a farm. I All of these things were just freakish. Anyway, then it took a little bit of the questions, took a bit of a sexy turn, which is odd because I have no idea who this person is. Had you seen a photo at this point? Had you exchanged photos? No, no photos. No photos. This is very brave. Did you talk about exchanging photos or no? Well, I at first tried to stalk him online and, of course, I didn't have his last name and (laughs) he's not. Searching every Zach in Melbourne. (laughs) Well, I was trying to, like, think of, like, LinkedIn because obviously he said, you know, he worked for, like, marketing for a wine company and I was like, I can get my stalk on. Couldn't find anything and... You know, I said, you know, should we exchange photos? And he was like, nah, this is this is fun. But the way he was talking was so confident and it got pretty sexy. And I was like, this is so weird. But at the same time, like, I'm weirdly into it. So I'm just going to go with it. <laughs> anyway, he said, I, I really want to meet you. At this point, it's like 12, 12 o'clock, like midnight. He said, I'm going to walk out onto the street, come out and just meet me. And I said, absolutely not. That is a recipe for getting killed and your body dumped, you know, somewhere in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. You're like, sorry, I can't do that because I'm a woman and I'm not safe like you. Would. Yeah, you're a six foot three man, mm-hmm. supposedly. Also, if you're a listener and you're like, bullshit, he totally knew who you were, he got your number from someone, that's exactly what we were saying at the time. Like I remember being like, there's no fucking way he doesn't know what you look like. There is no way he is, as you're saying, Katie, a 33-year-old guy who also is living in Paran. Like I was just like, I call bullshit on this. So don't be sitting there being like, what did no one say? This (laughs) this is no way this could be a coincidence because we did actually say that at the time. Absolutely. And I was thinking, this is weird. Somehow he's got to know, but he, he swears he didn't know. I didn't know. I couldn't find him anywhere. And he (laughs) said, why don't you meet me? Zach, just with the name Zach and nothing else. He said, why don't you meet me at the Mount Erica tomorrow night? And I was like, shit, this is a great local haunt. (laughs) Yeah. It's a pub, by the way. It's not a mountain. (laughs) (laughs) Why don't you meet me for a hike tomorrow? (laughs) You're like, I will not go on the street, but I will hike a mountain with you in the fucking deserted bushland. (laughs) So you can push me off it. No, we were (laughs) going to Mount Erica Hotel. We're meeting the Mount Erica Hotel for a little beverage. And then, and I was like, this is, oh my God. This could be the love of my life, guys. I My head goes there. I was like, this could be the love of my life. I think I was saying that. I was like, what an amazing story. <laughs> what an amazing origin tale. Absolutely. Origin. So the next day I'm, I'm going house hunting with a couple of friends who I now live with because, you know, I got kicked out of where I was living and have to move um, now that I've been broken up with. And I said to them, you know, this happened. And one friend was like, oh, my God, that's amazing. And the other was like, that is that's fucked and that is so dangerous and nah, 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 it's fucked, it's fucked. You can't go on that date. (laughs) So I started to freak out a little bit and I texted him and I was like, look, I think that we should exchange pictures. Like this is so weird. And he's like, you know what, I've been freaking out too. He's like, but no, it's it's too good. We've gotten too far. Let's just see what happens. So I turn up to the Mount Erica and I'm thinking, oh, Lordy, what am I going to find? He was, he was lovely. 
and he was everything he said he was going to be. He was six foot three. We had probably a two hour date. He just, I just wasn't that into him. We did go and get pizza. And at the end of the night, I let him give me a little kiss kiss. And what do you mean you let him? Well, as in you didn't I, really want to. Nah, and I knew mm. he was coming in for it. I often would do that. Like I'm fine with that. I'm like, oh, maybe I'll give you a go. And then I was like, nah. Click <laughs> tingles weren't there. Bow. Yeah. So unfortunately it wasn't meant to be, but still fantastic story. And he did message me afterwards and I did say to him, look, I'm 2.5 seconds out of a breakup and I just think not for me. But like, thank you so much. And you were a great Great time, great company, and you actually didn't know each other. It turned out we legitimately turned out didn't know to each be other. legit a legit yeah. coincidence. So yeah, so legitimately didn't know each other. But he's a great guy, so he's out there somewhere, guys. He's hiking Mount Erica. <laughs> he's he's out there hiking Mount Erica. He's out of there in Pran anywhere. He's just texting every number. He's just <laughs> he's just scanning through every single number. This is how he <laughs> changes it to a single digit and just goes through. Yeah. But very brave of both of you. I think it's a wonderful story. I thought that was a great story. Shame that he was not the love of my life, but great story. So basically after that, I just had months of, like that poor girl who we just heard from, getting ghosted by men who were sort of like, let me organise a date for you and I. We're going to meet on Thursday and then never hearing from them again. People are, I think that level of disassociation when you're on dating apps and online Let's people get away without having accountability. They don't think that there's a person on the other end of the phone. So there's no accountability. So I, I really sort of got a little bit despondent with all of that. It was like, oh, God. Then 5.30 a.m. dad showed up. Ooh. So I go to 5.30 a.m. club. I know some people are saying you're batshit crazy. And yes, I am. And this hot guy turned up and he's a little bit older. He's not in a, <laughs> never fear, he's not in a happy marriage and I'm just out here trying to break up marriages. He's divorced, but he's got two kids. And I developed a little crush. And I ended up going with a few friends to Andrea Under the Stairs. She's at South Melbourne Market. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry. It's like you just said that like it was a place that we all knew, like, Andrea under the stairs. <laughs> iconic. Uh, I can't, she is iconic. Okay, mm. so Andrea under the stairs is a tarot card reader at the South Melbourne Markets, literally under the stairs, guys. She's under the stairs. It is lovely. <laughs> <laughs> I had an hour reading with her and she did say to me, is there someone who you're interested in at the moment? I'm getting a vibes. I'm getting the vibes. The cards were saying it. And I said, actually, there is. And she's she was like oh yes basically Andrea under the stairs she's this little like 70 year old white-haired woman she's like a real little grandma she was like you need to dial up the flirt dial it up she goes you go into that you you go into that 5 30 a.m club tomorrow and you dial up that flirt you sit down next to him she's like you're <laughs> she goes oh <laughs> this is the good sex card she's like you're about to have the best sex of your life and I was oh. like tell me more Andrea tell me more <laughs> I mean, so, uh, and now I think of it, actually, it's all coming together. So I just thought that too. Oh, my gosh. Did you just have that epiphany? Yes. 
Sorry, everyone. We'll catch you up. We'll catch you up. We'll catch you up. We'll catch you up. <laughs> Stay tuned. So I, I essentially was like, holy crap, 5.30am dad might be the love of my life. Did I turn up the flirt? Pathetically, no, not really. Um, I'm kind of feel like I'm more uh, Paulette in Legally Blonde. That's my level of turning up the flirt. Also, it's 5.30am in the morning. Nobody looks good. Mm. And I found out he actually had a girlfriend. So I kind of just, I kind of let that one go. <sighs> but you know what? Yeah. We, we really got along. Lovely guy. And I always said, I don't think it's over mm, you do. with 5.30am, Dad. You did say that. I said, you've just got to turn 5.30am club into 5.30pm club. <laughs> Have a wine. 100%. Have a wine. And see what happens. Because I think, I think, obviously, you know, there may be some updates mm, later on, mm. but I just think it's not, it's not over. You had a vibe. I just had a feeling. You had your own Andrea under the stairs inkling moment. Lol's basically Andrea under the stairs. So. It's me. It's me in a white wig. <laughs> it's a. <laughs> Another radical hair change. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. So I left that. He had a girlfriend. Absolutely. Not a homewrecker. We're just friends. Then a while later, and it was probably end of May, I started talking to a guy on Hinge. He matched me and I was like, you know what? Yeah, let's dive back in. I've had a bit of a break from the apps. And we just had really great conversation. We had a lot in common. He had such good chat. And so we decided to meet up. And we went to the Lucky Cock. Last week, you would have heard it, guys. This was my best first date. We went to the Lucky Cock. We just clicked. Funnily enough, he was the cousin of one of my old dance teachers at uni, our old dance teacher, who I had a major, major crush on. He was also a beautiful gay man. Um, So I was like, oh, my God, we've got so many connections. And flash forward, I'm thinking, I'm going to love Christmas with my old mate camp uh, dance teacher. Going to love that. So... We ended up having another day. It went for eight hours. We went to the ESPY. We were both not really drinking. We just stayed for eight hours and talked and talked and we just clicked and we laughed. And he was so not like the type that I had gone for in the past. You know, I really, CC, New York narcissists, so many exes had been that real bad boy type lot of like wild living, completely different to me, womanizers and like proud of it. This guy was, you know, had I met him years ago, I probably would have run a mile from him because he was so nice, so stable, not a womanizer in any way, shape or form, actually quite reserved, I think. And he was gorgeous, but I, I don't think he realized that and he'd been in two very long-term relationships so he'd really never had that time to sleep around or any of that he he was just so different there were really none of the usual red flags that I'd taken a lot of time in therapy to work through so I was like wow and I and I find him I find I'm so drawn to him the only thing was I was really worried that he was not going to um, be as adventurous and I was worried that we weren't going to have the spark in the bedroom because we got along so well as friends and I was like is this going to be a friend zone thing never fear everybody when we finally did do the deed 
holy mackerel the man is like the obi-wan kenobi of orgasms like he literally (gasps) he was amazing get it girl the good sex card so his nickname he listened to the podcast as well and he was so sweet he was just he was just so lovely to me he said you know I think you have a really beautiful heart and he said it was really funny and he just he just loved it and he called himself um Mornington Mike he lived in Mornington that was the name he coined for himself but we like to call him Shy Schlong because he was both shy. It's quite the tongue twister. Shy schlong. Try saying that ten times. She's the shy schlongs by the seashore. <laughs> shy schlong, shy schlong. Literally by the seashore. Mornington Peninsula. She's the shy schlongs by the seashore. <laughs> oh, my gosh. He had a beautiful, beautiful member and it was. Member. <laughs> he was very well endowed. He was, oh, my gosh. I just, and the sexy times, I mean, he did things to me. I said to him, I was like, did you, like, read a book? Like, have you done some kind of short course? Because holy mackerel. Short course. course. (laughs) Run by Andrea under the stairs. (laughs) (laughs) The good sex card is actually a business card. Come to my class. (laughs) Andrea runs a six-week TAFE course. Fully accredited. On, on, the, on the art of cunnilingus. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God, that was a good laugh. He was. I've never been so comfortable, you know. Really putting the cub in comfortable. <laughs> in comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, my gosh. I really had, like, there was things that he did to me that Cece tried to do to me that just always hurt and we always had this fight about, it was like, why can't you just let go? Like, why can't you just give up control and I I was like I don't know I just feel so uncomfortable with you whereas this guy I was honestly it just felt so comfortable and whatever he was doing was amazing and we we just had this this great chemistry but he was also so gentle in life as well and there was no like creepiness we just got along really really well so we had we were seeing each other probably about two times a week and it felt really natural there was no love bombing it wasn't over the top it was just progressing at a really nice respectful rate but then we also had this amazing chemistry and i i i got to probably about the month and a half mark and i started to think you know what this is i think this is going to be something like i actually think this is going to be something And I had been to his house and, you know, he lived alone. He'd like bought his own place. He just seemed like a a man. So he comes to my house one night about a month and a half in and I had cooked up a poached chicken pho from scratch and a chocolate cake and, you know, my housemates are all home and he sits down and he has a great chat and we have dinner and there is no inkling of anything that's wrong. And we go to my room and he says to me, I don't think I can give you what you want. He said, I've been in two, you know, and we talked at length about his relationships and he'd been broken up with in both of them. And they were both very long term. He says, I have not really been single since maybe like just out of high school, really. You know, he'd had three months between those relationships. He said, I don't think my heart could take 
being broken up with again. And he said, I've just felt sick this week. He said, I, I know we're progressing. And the thought of going back into a serious relationship fills me with a deep anxiety. And he said, you're, he said, if I had a list of things, you're everything I want. He's like, you're, you're everything I want. And I said, I'm feeling the same way about you. And he said, but I'm feeling deeply anxious. Like I feel sick. And he said, I I just don't think I'm ready. He said, I think I need therapy. And I said, I think you do. He said, I really think you should go and get therapy. Um, And he was so lovely about it. And I do understand, like the thing is, I actually do understand. And it's so sad and it's so disappointing because I was so ready and he is obviously so not. And I said, you know, is it just me? I said, is it just that you don't want those things with me? And he said, no, he said, you're, he was so beautiful. He kept saying, look at you, look at you, you're perfect. You look at yourself, you deserve more. And I was like, oh, I know I do. And unfortunately that's, you know, we've, we, we don't have any contact anymore. And he did delete me off social media because he said he felt it was too weird to see me coming up. And we haven't spoken since. I actually did send him a message a couple of weeks later and I'd gone on a couple of dates and I was, he always said that he had trouble reading social cues. He said, I'm not very good with social cues. Um, and I said, look, if you need a sign, like uh, it is not often that you find somebody who you can have an eight hour second date with who, you know, I said, you are like the human embodiment of a breath of fresh air. And if you want to just like, give me a call or chat anytime or, you know, please take this as your sign. But I never heard from him again. So that's oh. shy, Sean. But do you know? But so nice to know that mm. there's someone lovely like that out there because it means Absolutely. obviously you've gotten that, the taste of, of a healthy functioning relationship that doesn't have that love bombing in those initial stages and you'll know that that's the standard to hold what you next go into too. Absolutely. Look, I think he sounds absolutely amazing. I didn't get the chance to meet him, but my only bone to pick with him is that you can't go to someone's house knowing you need to have that conversation and eat the chicken foe and the chocolate cake and then do it. (laughs) You can't have the food. Exactly. Maybe You know, maybe he was trying to figure it Mm. out during that meal and that was like almost like a last supper. Yes. But I've had this happen to me before as well actually. We had like a lovely meal and like watched a, a movie together and and then at the end of all that, that's when the dumping happened. It does sound like he did it in a really kind yeah, way though. It Katie. does. He did and he was nothing but delightful and, you know, a, a part of me is like, come back when you're ready. But at the same time I go, if nothing else, you were a person in my life that A, set a standard. You know, there are things now that I'm like, I want that in a relationship and you set that standard and I, I'm appreciative of that but also that I was like, oh, I, I have broken some of those habits, those red flags that I used to find attractive I don't anymore and qualities that I, I probably used to run from I actually find really attractive now. So maybe he was that awakening for me but much love to you and, oh, God, the best sex. Oh, I just hope that I can have that kind of sex again because, oh, Lordy McLord, he was incredible. I love that for you. Mm -hmm. I also think that it's often said, you know, there's no perfect timing. Mm. There's just perfect people. So it's like, 
I really want the person who you end up with, Katie, because they are going to be such a lucky person and they're out there, absolutely. But I want them to throw all of the caution to the wind. I want them to just want you and only you and be up for it, even if it's a risk. Absolutely. And I think everyone deserves that. So I think obviously it just wasn't meant to be with him. Mm. And, you know, part of me thinks that he doesn't deserve the second chance. You were so kind to kind of throw that olive branch out there and throw that that call out there. But I think he had his chance and he's not the man for you. Very true, Lolly. Mm. And I did think that, you know, I did think I don't want somebody who runs as soon as things get tough. The one criticism I could have about him is knowing from what he had told me and how that played out. I don't think he's a very openly emotional person to be talking about. Um, he he. He sort of doesn't preface that. He's not deep, like he, he's not open with that. So I think he just bottles it all up and then freaks out. And I'm like, oh, man, no. I want somebody who can communicate. We have a funny story about that. He did tell me, bless him, with his last partner, they'd sort of started to lose the spark and whatnot. And he, he's so funny. He was so blunt about it. He said, you know, it was a really bad idea actually. He said, I just thought to try and get the spark back, I I purchased a sex swing online and she freaked out. She was like, why <laughs> would you think that that would be a good idea? Where are we going to put it? We're going to put it in the garage? And my initial thought was like, hook that sex swing up. I'm ready for it. But he just. <laughs> <laughs> this used to be a fun. <laughs> but now it's full of evil clowns. <laughs> I think that just speaks to, because there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I think that no. just speaks to the, the lack of communication in that mm. relationship. So, yes, you know, I agree with Lowell, Katie. I think that things will all align when it's meant to align. I do believe that. I do. So that's where we're going to leave it this week, my ladies. I have more fun stories to come and a certain 5.30 a.m., who comes back around? <gasps> yes, oh, recent oh. updates. Recent updates. So, Lolly, you were you were not off the mark. So, stay tuned, guys. Next week, we've got more stories to drop. As seasoned cock blockers, you will all remember this segment from last year. Part research, part opinion piece, part just three gals talking shit over a rosé, <laughs> the trio weighs in on any and every topic submitted by you, our heavenly listeners. Welcome back to the Fanny Forum. It's the Fanny. It's the Fanny. It's the Fanny. It's the Fanny. It's the Fanny, it's the fanny. Forum. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> that is another one of our sick jingles. <laughs> Get around it. Get around it. <laughs> With all our referencing of the period undies ad slogan, cheer, through, babby, in the last few weeks about this period resilience fuckery we heard from, from CC as well, we thought it was about bloody time, pardon the pun, to tackle this fanny forum topic. With the help of health.com, we are chatting all things period sex, e.g., Heading to pound town while you're surfing the crimson wave, while you're on the rag, while you've got your monthly visitor, while the painters are in, or while it's shark week. <laughs> Just because Arnie Flo is in town, it doesn't mean that your sex life should take a back seat. But sexy time at that time of the month comes with its own unique set of challenges. 
While there's absolutely nothing wrong with letting your period sex having flag fly, it's understandable that you might have some questions, like whether it's okay from a medical perspective, what the pros and cons are of doing it, and how to pull it off without recreating a scene straight out of Game of Thrones in your bedroom. Here's what you need to know about having sex on your period, the good, the bad, and the slightly messy. From a medical point of view, there is nothing wrong with having intercourse when a person is menstruating. There are some rare exceptions though. For those who are positive for hepatitis, HIV, or have known STIs, the possibility of transmission of diseases that are bloodborne is increased because of the presence of blood. Period blood is different from regular blood that's in the veins and arteries. However, there is still the possibility of transmission. Because the cervix is more open during this time of the month, which allows for the blood to pass, your risk of infection increases too. All of which is to say, it's essential to continue wearing a condom if you're unsure of your partner's status. But overall, medically, for most people, it is fine to have sex on your period. One common question is, can I get pregnant during period sex? Technically, yes, but it's not very common. You're still rolling the dice if you choose to have any unprotected sex, though, with both chances for pregnancy and contracting a sexually transmitted infection. So it's important to use some sort of birth control and especially a condom with someone you're not too familiar with during sex. Another question is, are there any benefits to period sex? You may experience less painful periods, sex can sometimes feel even better down there during monthly visits, and having an orgasm triggers the release of endorphins, which are thought to help with the pain. Some people report they feel more aroused and more sensitive around this time. Sex may actually speed up your period as well. Though it hasn't been well studied, in theory, having an orgasm may help your crimson tide get out faster and sooner. Another benefit can be the extra natural lubrication factor. The obvious downside to period sex is, of course, the potential for mess, but a little bit of preparation can make the aftermath less like a murder scene. We recommend popping down a dark-coloured towel to save your sheets or opting to relocate your sexy sesh to the shower. It's also important to remember that you don't have to focus on penetrative sex. That means that the focus can be on the menstruating partner's clitoris while they wear a tampon or a menstrual cup. And for those still interested in penetrative but less messy sex, we recommend sticking to the missionary position as it can limit blood flow. Thanks, gravity. And of course, we've said it before and we will say it again, the main part of any positive sexual experience is enthusiastic consent and open communication. While your decision to have period sex largely depends on your relationship, giving your partner at least a heads up that the river Nile is a flowing is usually considered a nice gesture. You can say it very matter-of-factly. I have my period now. Is that a problem for you? And don't stop communication once the sex starts. If you tend to have painful periods, some positions with deeper penetration might feel uncomfortable for you. So keep talking even while doing the deed. Otherwise, our advice is simple. Have fun. Thank you to our Instagram followers at CBlock Podcast for sharing their feelings on chucking a towel down and getting down to business. 71% of you chooks said you had tried period sex before. 80% of those that have tried it said they enjoyed it and would do it again. And of those who hadn't tried it, 61% said they were open to giving it a go. 39% of you are freaked out about getting your freak on when you're menstruating. Fair enough. But one of you queeners did write to tell us 
sex on my period is the best. I am way more sensitive and my orgasms are next level. Yeah, baby. <laughs> oh, girls. How do we feel? Well, we've got some very, I feel like we're all very, you guys have had period sex and you feel good about period sex, right? To be honest, my this might be a unpopular opinion, but I just feel so gross mm. when I have my period. And I think maybe it's just part of my psychology, but even physically, I just don't feel sexy and I feel bloated and I don't really want to be touched. Fair enough. So yes, I have had it. And yes, I, you know, do other things when I'm menstruating. Absolutely. But it's not really for me and that's okay. But yeah, I, I wish that I maybe felt a little bit differently about it. I think maybe I need to read that period power book, Can Period power by Maisie Hill. To kind of embrace my power as a woman when I'm, um, when Auntie Flo's in town. But no, for me, I just, I just don't feel it. I don't feel good about it. Fair call. I feel really good about it. Um, I, yeah, I do. I, I agree with this listener that wrote in and was like, it's so good. Everything's more sensitive. Everything is better. The orgasms are better. I feel the same. And at that time in my cycle, it's when I'm like, oh my God, like I, I'm so <laughs> like a koala. Like I'm just like, yeah, I, I, um, I feel very positively about it. She'll climb you like a tree. And what about you, Katie? I have a real hang up about it. And this is something that's been so interesting seeing that poll come back and also starting that conversation. I have so much of a hang up about it. I have a hang up about even having my period when I'm in a relationship or seeing someone. Like I skip my period and I'm actually off the pill now and I'm starting to try and get my natural period back. And to be honest with you, it comes for about 2.5 seconds. I really don't have a heavy period or a painful one, but I have had this hang up for such a long time and it makes me a bit sad and it's something that I'm working through now of not being sexually available to your partner at all times and feeling like if I say no to sex, it's I'm somehow worthless or having my period is somehow like, I don't know, something to be ashamed of or some kind of vulnerability it's it, it really and I think maybe it goes back to a societal thing and maybe some stuff that I you know from my childhood stuff of just yeah you know never never wanting to you're worthless if you if you say no if you're not available to your partner at all times and if you're not down for it at all times and that whole thing of yeah men being perfect you know men don't think women who or fart or we or have their period or anything that is unbecoming. And that's plagued me for a long time. You know, when, when CC and I broke up, I think I said to you girls the other day, my, one of my first thoughts was like, is it cause he saw me without, I don't wear a lot of makeup, but I was like, is it cause he saw me like at my worst, like at my, at my most gross, like without makeup? Like, is it, is it? Yeah. So it's been so nice to see the poll because so many people have been such advocates for it and and even guys that we've had right in who are like, yeah, totally fine. Like it's just a normal thing that happens. And, I mean, ladies, I can't tell you how many men I've still gone down on who have the waftiest peens. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
<laughs> yeah, and like that's a that's a that's a choice. That's not that's, something that happens yeah. to you every month. That's like you wash enough. Have a have a jump in the shower. Have a yeah. wash. You know, so it's funny that like I will accept that, but I will not accept imperfection in myself, and that's an insecurity of my own. So thank you all for empowering me. Thank you to the, the my trio girls, my trio of dips, because you guys are so sort of like, no, Fozzie. Yeah, I think it's just interesting to know this information so that you have a choice. And whether that choice is, actually, you know what, I just really don't feel like it. I'm not into it. Fine, totally fine. But I think if it's something that you are curious about, then at least having this information to know, yep, it's safe. Yep, it's fine. These are the things you can do to make this a nice experience. Then at least you have a choice. Yes. And I think another sort of positive spin on my particular situation is when that particular act is off the table, it has meant that I've explored other things. So that is a positive spin as well. But obviously, like we said, you've just got to do what you feel comfortable with and keep the communication up. 100%. Absolutely. We are collecting lots of beautiful and uncomfortable and good and bad period sexcapade stories to share with you in next week's episode. So if you have an experience that you're willing to share with us anonymously, obviously, we would love to hear from you. So send it to our email, write to us on Instagram. We're collecting a little portfolio of uh, Crimson Tide experiences. So get in touch. And that, my friends, is season two's first Fanny Forum. It's the Fanny. 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 Forum. It's time to hear from our singles, Liv, Liam and Katie. Ow! Last week we had them look back at their dating past and now we are asking them to look forward. If we're going to play Cupid, we need to know what they're looking for. Here's what they had to say. Am I currently signed up to any dating apps? Yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> of course I am. Oh, Tinder, long-standing member. Hinge, the app you're supposed to delete. I'm yet to delete it. Uh, Bumble, I don't really use it. And back in the day, Grinder. Now, hear me out. I've never catfished anyone. Don't worry. Um, but it is actually a really useful tool, especially if you meet someone on the street and you don't really know you know, are you being friendly? Are you flirting? Uh, and I seem to, I don't know the difference sometimes. And um, I seem to uh, be a magnet for gay men. And so it's good to know what I'm getting myself into. Uh, I think now these days I just go on, you know, Instagram and I find them. But if you don't know the, who they are and it was just like a quick passerby, you know, you can see who's in the area on Grinder. I just don't need my heart broken by another, another beautiful gay man. I'm, I'm willing to give Bumble a go again, if that's what the people are telling me to do. Um, and I, I, I'm ready for some feedback on my profile. If you think that maybe it's, maybe it's a bit too honest, maybe it's a bit too much. So willing to sign up again and again and again until we find the one. Hello. Yes. Currently I am signed up to several dating apps. You'll find me on, uh, Hinge, uh, good old grinder and, uh, Tinder. Yes, I am signed up to the dating apps. I'm on Hinge and I'm on Bumble. And although I've been pretty slack of late, I am willing to up the ante. Three deal makers. what am I looking for in a man? Um, 
personality, personality. Now you don't have to have as much personality as I do because I think I have more than the average human being and some would say it's too much and I would agree with them. You just have to have enough to sort of um, understand me. Yeah, I don't take myself seriously. So I need you to also not take me seriously. Um, So make me laugh. I'll make you laugh. And if you're not laughing at me, then what are we doing here, John? What are we doing here? Communication is great. Um, Waiting for you to respond, you know, you know, in three to four business days is, is not cute. And also like, not just like, like literal communication, but also like, what do you want from me? What are we doing here? Um, and I guess that comes down down to like clarity as well. And number three, um, I want someone that is going to um, understand my lifestyle and I will understand theirs um, if there's a point that we can um, live them separately. For example, I hate sport, but if you love sport, darling, go. Go to the football because I... I'm going to be at a gay bar drinking myself silly and watching RuPaul's Drag Race and we'll meet at the end of the night and we'll talk about how fun our nights were. Isn't that cute? I think that I could really build a life with someone like that. Uh, Three deal makers for me would be, uh, I'm definitely after someone who's fun and is up for having fun and just being silly. Um, Someone who loves what they do or has some kind of passion there's something very sexy about ambition so whether it's what they do for a job or if they have some kind of hobby that they're just obsessed with um and maybe the third one would be uh uh, if they have a great accent or something I think I said that my first interview was uh foreign I think that's what I meant is if they've got a great accent I'm a sucker for an accent three biggest deal makers this is my favorite one uh, of course, a lust for life. Oh, as you get older, you just think the thing that matters, for me anyway, is laughter and fun. I mean, life is too short to be pessimistic and angry all the time. So I just, I want somebody who, who has passion for their life and a zest for life. Um... Another big deal maker for me is good conversation. You know, somebody, we don't have to always agree, but just being able to and wanting to converse and talk about everything and all things and who is interested in not only me but other people, that's a massive turn on for me. Um, And the last one would have to be my biggest deal maker, kindness. If you've got a kind heart and a kind soul, that's really important. Three biggest deal breakers. Okay, so this is the problem because there's so many and I'm put off so easily um, and I'm not one to settle. I mean, I'm, I'm not one to go, oh, that's all right. I'm like, no, done pretty, pretty quickly. Um, number one is, uh, people who are unreliable and inconsistent. And and what I mean by inconsistent is I mean like inconsistent, uh, behavioral patterns. So for example, if we have established, um, the way that we communicate, you know, our, our language 
you know, the way that this, the type of language that we use with each other has shifted and I don't know why I'm in the dark. That pisses me off. Um, I don't like it also if um, the physical language has changed. So, for example, if we in the past have been very touchy-feely and then all of a sudden, you know, day after you've inserted yourself in me, you've turned into my bro, that often um, pisses me off, especially if it's, there's been a shift and I don't know why. You know, if we've had an argument, if you've told me, actually, I just I just see us as sleeping together, I don't see anything else or whatever it is. Like, if there has been a shift, I just need to know. So that inconsistent behavior pisses me off. And, and as I said, being unreliable, um, if I can't rely on you to be on the, per- to be the person that I thought you were, then bye. Second of all is, um, a lot of men like to give me, um, career advice on a career they know nothing about. They've never worked in this industry. Um, and they all generally have the same answers. Um, and it's always really condescending, um, I've been fine up until now, so I don't really need your help. Uh, but thank you, thanks so much. I'm I'm sorry. This one, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna get attacked for this one. But I cannot date a real estate agent. I'm sorry. I just can't do it. I think three deal breakers that come to mind are the first one would have to be smoking. I just I'm not really into someone who smokes cigarettes. Sorry. Uh, the second one that comes to mind is you've got to be living out of home. I'm not going to date someone who's still living with their parents. Sorry. And the third one is, might be a bit shallow, but I'm six foot three. So they have to be at least somewhat close to that. I don't know, maybe five foot nine's the cutoff. I don't know if that makes me sound like a terrible person, but it's true. My three biggest deal breakers... I mean, the big one would have to be any time I get even a whiff of misogyny, racism, you know, homophobia, phobia towards anybody who is, you know, got disabilities or is part of the LGBTQI family. It's if you cannot be open minded to other people's experiences um, that may be different from your own or bullying. I I can't deal with that. Um, another one that I've had to learn the hard way that is a deal breaker for me now is just lifestyle values, you know, drugs and alcohol. If, if you're somebody who really, um, loves the party lifestyle, we're not going to probably gel. And um, I know that in myself now after past experiences. And the last one is uh, I, I think a, a deep sense of pessimism. You know, if, if you're somebody who is always glass half empty, somebody who can't find a lot of joy in life, um, somebody who is really adverse to being open-hearted that's that's a deal breaker for me as well first date vision when we get out of lockdown okay it's a warm night I look amazing you look amazing you smell delicious and I'm very appreciative of you coming to the date looking very smart smelling very good and I know that you're clean so thank you all of us ladies are 
very thankful for you because it's taken me three to four days to look this good. Am I right, ladies? Anyway, we're having a drink. Um, it's a pre, it's a pre-show drink. Don't worry, we're not going to a musical. We're not going to a play. We're going to go to a comedy show or a gig, something quick, um, but something entertaining. Um, and I think it's important for a first date to have a little bit of like a, a, a you know, some time to chat and get to know each other. You're going to see if you pass the vibe check. Um, but I also love an activity date, so we'll do that. Post-show, um, we're peckish, we're hungry. So we're going to go have a little snack somewhere, somewhere cozy and cute. It's getting late though, which is fun, um, but I'm not going to eat too much. Um, and then, um, you know, we'll have breakfast in the morning. My first date when we finally exit this nightmare storm of a lockdown, uh, mm, I'm a bit of a romantic, so I don't know, something really nice like maybe wandering around an art gallery or an exhibition of some kind, so you've got something to talk about. Um, I'm a sucker for any kind of gesture, so um, I don't know if they bring along some kind of treat or pastry or something. Um, and then maybe if it's going well, getting a nice drink in an afternoon sun somewhere is always nice and getting a little day drunk. It's a number one hobby of mine. Um, and then maybe see where it goes after that. If one day we ever leave this nightmare. My first date out of lockdown restrictions in an ideal world. Oh, we'd be somewhere near the water, maybe down at St Kilda. Just a really casual dinner with a few Aperol spritzes for me and see where the night takes us. Like, oh, I am dying to get on a dance floor somewhere. But ideally we would just have a beautiful night chatting and getting to know each other and laughing and and just not wanting to leave each other's company. That would be really nice. Story update from this week in uh, my dating journey would be, um, to, to be honest, I was sick this week in bed with food poisoning. How sexy is that? But on the night of uh, the food poisoning incident, uh, just before, um, I went to visit my bubble buddy who also lives in the same building as me. Um, and for the purpose of this podcast, we'll be calling him Alex. So I went to visit Alex, um, and we were having a very heartfelt goodbye. We're very attached to each other. Um, that's why we live in the same building. And as we're having a cute cuddle and saying our goodbyes, um, this disgustingly gorgeous man walks past us and he obviously thought it was very sweet. Um, and we depart. I go down the hallway. I hear my name being screamed by Alex and I turn around and he's pointing at the door, which the, um, the cutie patootie had just gone into. Anyway, I thought nothing of it. I was like, okay, he's cute. Well, maybe I'll see him again. And then I get a phone call from my bestie who's like, <laughs> so I was watching him the whole time we were walking down the hallway and uh, he checked you out three times. So he did three head checks. Um, I mean, I was wearing really tight Adidas leggings, so he's welcome. And I do have a good ass. So there's that. Anyway, so I haven't seen him since, but you know, next time I visit me old bubble buddy, I'm going to make sure that uh, this gorgeous creature knows that I'm in the hallway for sure. We also made a plan that if the, um, if the guy had said to, to Alex, Hey, you know, who's your friend? We've got a plan, you know, hand over the Instagram and tell him that I live on level nine. A dating update this week. I haven't had a lot of time on my hands because I've just finished a really massive job. 
but um, I did, uh, kind of embarrassingly, I don't know if this is embarrassing, I did pay for a Tinder Gold the other day. Um, it was on sale and I had a paycheck, so I thought I'd do it. Um, and it's something I want to talk about, which is, I've, you know, I've managed to get a few matches or something. I don't know if it's in the gay community or if this happens to everyone on Tinder, but what is with matching with people but never talking to them? There's a few people I've reached out to or matched with and then it's just complete radio silence. And I want to know what's going on there. What's the point? If someone messages me, I do reply to them. So, help, please. I think we're all up to date with my dating experiences, actually. Uh, I've got nothing to report. I've been very quiet over the last week. So I'm going to have to step it up and give the people what they want. So, ladies, what are our impressions of what our singles told us this week? I mean, you just said, am I 60? And <laughs> maybe. <laughs> A lust for life. <laughs> Kindness. <laughs> you're beautiful, Katie. <laughs> Let's talk about Katie first. I mean, it's all good because you're, like, here on the call. But um, Yeah, drop it on me. <laughs> no, Katie, I think all of your things that you're looking for are very fair, very measured. There's nothing that I'm like, okay, come on, that's being a bit silly. You do have some pretty, I will say you're not putting them on here when you're doing your deal makers, makers and deal breakers, <laughs> but you've got some pretty specific um, height hang-ups. I do. I do. I like a man over six mm-hmm. foot. Mm-hmm. And look, okay, so I've been open to matching people under six foot, but I do like, I like to feel small and I do like a taller man. I'm attracted to a taller man. What can I say? Sue me. I understand that (laughs) feeling of wanting to feel, you know, feminine and Mm. smaller. I think, I mean, it's it's such a societal thing, isn't it? But I think um, that definitely makes sense. But what I want to say to you, Kate, is what if your dream man is five foot 11? This is true. Are you really going to let an inch do it? No, it's not a deal breaker. And listen, if we remember back to season one, (laughs) I did date the fisherman who was literally teeny meeny. I was big spoon. So it's not a deal breaker, but yeah, love a taller man. That's okay. We can put that on our list of things for you, Katie. But I think everything that you said is really fair and I think you're in a really gorgeous place to be Mm. open to meeting somebody and you've done the work. You're ready. You're ready, girl. Thousands of dollars of therapy in, guys, and I'm ready. (laughs) Worth it though. Absolutely worth it. it. So with Liam, he's a romantic. Mm, I knew it. My radar is never wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Your Rhoda. My impression of Liam is, can I date him? I wrote that. Because he sounds so lovely. I said, can I date him as well? When he described his first date vision, I was like, can I go on that date with you? Also, when he said that um, ambition is sexy and the way he said it in that voice, I was like, oh, Mm. my God. I was like, I know I am not the right sex for you, but Jesus, I'd I would date him in a second. Also, he's 6'3". Hello. He is 6'3". And even the talk of the treat or pastry, I was like, son. I thought, what a shame because he would be the perfect match for a Madeline, a Madeline. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. We brought the Madelines to our listeners. Absolutely. Um, My my big question was what is Tinder gold? Mm, Yes. Does anybody know? Can anybody tell me? So... It's, it's an elevated form, <laughs> being on the apps myself, it's an elevated form of Tinder. So basically they want you to pay because they want your dollars 
So Han, you've done a little bit of research, haven't you? It's what are some of the features? <laughs> yeah, I've not ever been on Tinder, so I'm a total um, Tinder virgin. So I was like, what does that even mean? So normally, apparently, you can you you can see people whether you've said yes to them or not. Whereas mm. this, you just see the people that have liked you. So it really like in ty- in terms of your life admin, it just cuts down on time. It means that you you get a passport that means you can match with people all over the world. You get unlimited likes and you get free monthly super likes. Love that. So, oh, and you can rewind. So if you've said no to somebody and then you're like, oh, actually, no, you're right. I should go back and and be open to that person. You can go back. So I think this is a really good thing that Liam's doing. I think it was on sale. He's jumped onto it. Good investment. Very pleased. We've all done it. I've, I've been there before. I've paid for a little booster where I've accidentally swiped off someone. You know, you're swiping too many no's. And you go worse when you go past a hottie. Liam spoke about no one writing back to him and whether that's something that happens in the gay community. And I think we have read enough and spoken to enough straight women Mm -hmm. to know that that definitely happens in the straight community as well. And it is the worst. Absolutely. And in pandemic times, I think everybody is so digitally fatigued. You're not alone, Liam. You're not alone. It's not you. And lovely Liv. Well, first of all, that grinder tip, that's a goodie. Good tip. Yeah. I, I mean, especially, you know, it's funny that she says she attracts gay men. They just love her, but not for her romantically. But yeah. I'm keen to hear some updates about Hallway Hottie. A hundred percent. I think that that could definitely be yes. a avenue that yes. our lovely Liv could go down. Um, my first impression of Liv is that her... Certainly her sex life, but also her dating life doesn't sound particularly blocked. So I want to know how can we help? Mm. You know, maybe you are after something a little bit more significant. Maybe you're over the casual dating. Absolutely. So I did notice that with Liv and it's definitely a place, it's a ledge you girls have had to talk me off before. A few years ago when I was a bit younger, you know, I think I had, was so disappointed in men, but at the same time, I'm hetero, I want to date men and I think it's really hard. With Liv I got a little bit of like I kind of am hating on men at this point in time but at the same time I want to date men and I really think you need to sort of find out and come to peace with like what is it that you want and you can't tar everyone with the same brush because if you resent the thing that you want, you're never going to get it. And also, too, I think she said in there, she said, I want somebody to laugh at me and not take me seriously. And I'm like, you know what? I want her to change the wording for herself a little bit. She wants somebody to laugh with her, take her seriously in terms of her expectations and what she needs, but not take themselves too seriously in terms of not being able to laugh and have fun. But I I do. I did notice that language of like, I want somebody who doesn't take me seriously. And I'm like, no, you want somebody who takes you seriously because you just said it before. Mm. But you want somebody who can laugh with you. I'm definitely getting the sense that Liv is unfortunately potentially in that cycle of what she's sort of, the way she's interacting with men and what she's putting out there is actually attracting the very kind of man that she doesn't want to have. So maybe we'll be able to help her to sort of, it's nothing about her that needs to change, really. It's just about those interactions, I think, so mm-hmm. that you start to attract 
if you are looking for something serious, and she did say until I find the one Mm. that will help her to sort of start to meet the kinds of people that would be the right fit. Absolutely. Been there, been there. We've all been there. So we got you, girl. So we really need our listeners to put their thinking caps on and to start thinking about some people who we can maybe set up our singles with on a blind, a truly blind date. Because obviously we are protecting the anonymity of Liv and Liam, but they are such catches that I really want people to start thinking about who is out there for them. So to recap, for Liv, we are looking for someone with personality, clear communication, an understanding of her lifestyle, and maybe someone someone with some separate interests. She's a very independent and confident woman. We are put off by unreliability, inconsistent, shifts in behavior, uh, unwelcome career advice. Everyone hates that. And no real estate agents, which I, I would love to know more about. Obviously that's been a trigger or some experiences in the past, but you know, she has high standards and I love that for her. Yeah. Keep your boundaries. For Liam, we are looking for someone fun and silly who might like a pastry or a treat. Someone with passion and ambition. I agree. That is so sexy. And someone with a hot foreign accent would not go astray Mm. or I mean, we know a lot of actors in our circle, someone who can do good accents because that could be a great thing to bring into the bedroom. Who knows? Bit of role play. Absolutely. We are looking for a non-smoker, someone who lives out of home, which is absolutely fair enough. Liam was like, I'm sorry, that makes me a terrible person. No, it does. Absolutely does not. Or maybe that was more about the height thing. But in general, don't apologize for what you're after, Liam. Mm -mm. We've got you. So obviously that shows independence. They're living out of home. They're living their own life. And someone who is at least 5'9", and I'm 5'9", so I could potentially be on that list if I was male, but no. I'm (laughs) Um, five foot four. (laughs) Fuck. We're out. We're out. (laughs) You two shorties are out. Shouties. Um, And for Katie, I mean, you all know Katie very intimately at this point, but to recap, we are looking for someone with a lust for life (laughs) who is a great conversationalist and has a kind heart. Uh, Any sort of discrimination or closed-mindedness is off the table. We want some lifestyle values that align with Katie. The party boys need not apply. And anyone pessimistic, move right along. So if you have someone in mind, and look, it is a digital age, even if they're interstate, even if they're international, you know, who knows? We might be able to set up some digital dates. Or if you have some singles in mind who are Melbourne-based, we can set these guys up as long as they're in the 10K radius. So please let us know who you have out there. We're casting the net wide. And apparently the radius is opening soon to 15Ks. So stay tuned. We may be able to open up those parameters even further. So next week, we will be reviewing our singles dating profiles, including yours, Katie, and giving some constructive feedback. We cannot stress enough that it will be hard for you to find what you're looking for if all you have on your profile is six photos of you and your wombat. (laughs) Okay? (laughs) All right, Kate? No. We will also be looking to you, our lovely listeners out there, to send us some specific questions for our singles to get to know them a little better. So keep an eye out on the C-Blocked Instagram to submit. Strap on and strap in. News flash me. News flash me. Call the dating news. 
CBC reports that a Vancouver man tired of dating apps launches a social experiment to find companion. Dan Hawkins is tired of using dating apps to meet someone. He's been on them for several years and describes the experience as removed. I was looking at strangers with no context, he said, adding that he didn't enjoy the short online chat ahead of meeting in person. According to research from Stanford sociologist Michael Rosenfeld, 39% of heterosexual couples reported meeting their partner online, up from 22% in 2009. Rosenfeld also found that online dating improved the chances of the relationship leading to marriage because people were able to choose their partners based on their preferences. Hawkins, however, doesn't like it. So he started his own social experiment to find a lifelong partner. He's offering prizes of up to $7,000 in value to anyone who can help him get a date and ultimately a wife. People are asked to send along potential matches for him. After filling out a form, the hopeful matchmakers will be entered to win prizes. A committee made up of his friends will then sift through the leads to identify good matches, set Hawkins up on some dates, and ideally, he says, a courtship will lead to marriage. After the wedding, Hawkins will hand out the prizes. Just as a side note, this guy is literally doing what we're doing for Katie, but we don't have any prizes, but we have a podcast. <laughs> we don't have the budget for that. Sorry. No prizes. I am the prize. Absolutely, baby. Yahoo shares how these women approach dating in a COVID-changed world. Michaela says, the pandemic has forced us all to evaluate what's truly important to us, and I've realised just how draining serial dating with no clear intentions can be. I've had to learn the importance of setting boundaries and communicating one's intentions early on, the hard way. Erica reveals, at the beginning of lockdown, I completely shut everyone out. However, as the lockdown dragged on, I found myself missing past crushes, feeling more and more lonely, and craving emotional intimacy. In hindsight, I lowered my standards when selecting dates, not with COVID safety, but in terms of companionship. Alana shares, The pandemic reassured me that life is precious and short. I want to do things that make me happy and give me time to myself, so I really have jumped into the hookup culture more after realising I wasn't doing that. If another lockdown happens, I would rather be by myself with the comfort of great friends than a nice-for-now boyfriend. And Tinder Nightmares reports classy opening lines are still going strong with these doozies. Damn, girl, are you the UK economy post-Brexit? Because I'm looking to give you a weak pound. (laughs) What? Do you like bread? That's it. I mean, I do, but okay. Disney Plus and Thrust. The new Netflix and chill. Exactly. Are you coronavirus? Because I want to spend the next three months flattening them curves. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) Would you like to have sex? I'm taking a much-needed break from romance. Okay, freako. I mean, honest. Honest, but ew. You look like you would ruin my life. I'm into that. (laughs) Oh, God. And one that was surely meant for our hand. Hey, I would like to serve your feet. I would massage and kiss them. Would you enjoy that? Okay. And I think the answer is absolutely absolutely not. Absolutely (laughs) not. No, no. And it's time to bid you a fond farewell for another week. Cutting our jewels. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your potties. And for those that subscribe, leave us a rating, five stars only, please, and review us this week. We will personally thank you in next week's episode. Like a name and shame, but with a positive spin. A name and fame. Ready, set, go. 
We always, always want to hear from you. So get in touch with us via our email, cblockedpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at cblockedpodcast to get involved with all our puns and polls and check out our Novus TikTok journey at cbloxedpodcast. You have been listening to Hannah Fredrickson, Lauren McKenna and getting advice under the stairs, Kate Foster, with contributions from our sexy singles. Our audio guy and single grain of rice enthusiast is Carl McKinnon at Tech Tech Boom. And this week is brought to you by A Last for Life the good sex card stay safe get maxed pack a picnic have a finger bun and a finger bang and we'll see you next week bye bye, bye. bye. bye.